Welcome back to my podcast, A Grief Journey. My name is Kay Colley, and I'm your host. This is the fourth episode of my podcast series, and today I'm going to talk about identity after a spouse dies. I'm going to welcome to the podcast Katie Sherrod, who will help me unravel this idea of identity. So how comfortable is it to be a widow? Well, for me, not very comfortable. I didn't like the term. It didn't seem to fit. I thought it was because Terry and I had never been married, so it just seemed to be a form of imposter syndrome. But as people referred to Terry as my wife and me as a widow, I didn't just think the word was cringy. I hated the word. So I set out to find out why. This podcast explores the term widow and how it does or doesn't apply to me and to you. Again, I'll be talking to my friend Katie Sherrod, who also lost her spouse of 26 years in 2017. She is writer of the blog Wilderness Garden on blogspot.com, where she has written extensively about her grief after the death of her husband, Galen Poole. Katie and I had a brief discussion about the word widow after church one day, so I wanted to share with you all, in addition to some other insights we may have had since then. Welcome to the podcast, Katie. Thank you. So, Katie, I was wrestling with the word widow right after Terry died, and my bout hasn't ended which was why I came up with this topic for the podcast and why I asked you about it after church. I'm still trying to unravel why I hate the word, but you helped me identify some of that when we talked. So tell me, how comfortable are you with the term widow? Not at all. Uh, I can remember being shocked um, shortly after Galen's death when someone referred to me as a grieving widow. I mean, it literally took me aback. Um, I had not thought of that word as applying to me. I was surprised by my, I mean, literally physical recoiling from the phrase and thought, okay, what's that about? And the fact that it angered me and, you know, grief and anger are very closely intertwined. So I thought, okay, maybe this is just more anger at the loss. Um, You know, why did you have to die and leave me? kind of anger that pops up sometimes irrationally. And, um, and, but the more I unwrapped it, the more I thought, no, that is not me. That is, I mean, I still one felt like a wife. I did not feel like a widow. And as I thought more about it, looked more at the word, of course it pops up in scripture all over the place. It's 80 times the word widow is mentioned uh, and and in the Hebrew scriptures and in the Christian scriptures, um, care for the widows and orphans, the most vulnerable among them. I mean, Psalm 68 says that God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. I mean, even God gets in on the act. Um, but the more I looked into that word, the word means, uh, if you dig around in dictionaries, it means um, to be empty. And I thought, well, there you go. I'm that that's why I'm rejecting that word. I feel like it's trying to turn me into uh, a being defined only by my relationship with one man. And my life is so much more than that. Um, Our lives together were so much more than that. He and I talked frequently about how our times together were so enriched by the times we spent apart in our own separate 
worlds. He was a priest. I was a journalist. We were doing our the things we felt called to do in our careers. And yet when we came back together, we felt like those two individual lives, we enriched each other. Um, I wasn't just an appendage to Galen Poole, nor was he to me. He would have been horrified at that. Th- he would have laughed. He would have laughed at the thought that someone thought I was his appendage. Um, because it just, it, it's way to one more, one more way patriarchy boxes women in, I think. I hadn't looked up the definition. And so that really does give a very different perspective, I think, than I had had before. Um, So thank you for, for bringing that up. I know when we talked after church, um, you said you had a, a friend or you knew someone who had trouble with the term widow as well, and that you helped her tease out the dislike of the word. And it, and it seemed to me that, that she said something about how angry the word made her. Am I remember that? Yes. You're remembering that. And she and I have had an ongoing conversation uh, about that because our grief journeys have kind of paralleled one another. I was in there a little ahead of her. I mean, it's, you know, it's a club no one wants to become part of losing a beloved spouse. Uh, But I, I find it interesting how male and female widows will turn to one another almost instinctively because you get it in a way no one else can, nor would you wish it on them. <laughs> so, so yeah, we do support one another. And this friend I was referring to was maybe the first to mention that it made her angry. But once she and I had that ongoing conversation, I mentioned it to some other friends of mine who had lost spouses and they were sort of taken aback and then thought, well, I've never thought about that. I don't call myself a widow. So someone said, well, what happens when you reach this form and it says single, married, you know, widowed, blah, blah, blah. I never check the widowed box. I check single because I just don't feel that box applies to me. And why would it matter? I I can't think of I mean, it might matter in the probate court that I was Galen's widow. And I'm thinking, where else would that matter? And that's just a legal thing that I was his surviving spouse. But why else do we need to know that? Maybe the Social Security people need to know it, that I survived my spouse. Um, But I'm not sure. Who else would? Maybe a counselor I was going to, if I was doing that, that would be helpful for them to know. But it's not what defines me. And that's what my friend was so, (laughs) just like, she was getting more indignant the more she thought about it. And I understand that. I totally understand that. And she had been um, through an experience at her church where everyone just seemed to be rubbing it in her face every week. And to the point that she just quit going to that church for a while. 
to, she said, to let them get over it, let them get that out of their systems, which I thought was pretty funny, actually. <laughs> well, that that is pretty funny. And, and, you know, it goes back, I think, to the discussion that I've had before on this podcast about how people say and do things that are just kind of stupid. Um, and sometimes they don't know any better. And one would hope that if they did know better, they would do better, but it's uncomfortable to tell people that as well, that you're, you're driving me nuts and you need to stop doing what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, you know, Americans are so uncomfortable with death. We just are. Our whole culture wants to just push it aside. Okay. Oh, I'm really sorry about that. And move on as fast as they can. We don't, we don't know how to deal with it. We don't, I mean, I can remember my grandmother talking about when her mother died and everyone was at the house and the body was at the house and they took it from the house to the church, to the cemetery and how what, how meaningful it had been for her to help lay that body out, to wash it and dress it, and how that ritual, which is ancient, ancient among human societies, allowed them to lovingly say goodbye. Well, we don't get to do that anymore. Bodies are taken away and disappeared, in a sense. And... um we we don't want to. I, we, I, it's as if we fear it's contagious. If I talk about it, death might walk in my door. I, I think there may be something to that. Um, and I think that's that identity piece that after you have a spouse who dies and what you're trying to figure out, you know, people for a few months will be around maybe. And um, try to be helpful and be encouraging. But then all of a sudden they're like, you need to snap out of it and you need to you need to move on. And, you know, that that identity of saying that someone is a widow can give them a. A convenient. Box. Yeah, they put you in that box. And so now they can walk away because, well, you know, she's she's a grieving widow. Well, grief. nobody's grief is like anybody else's grief. And it's not linear as everyone who's been through this knows it's very cyclical. Uh, It will circle back around and hit you from behind at unexpected moments all the time for a long time after a death. And, you know, there's such a process of reinventing yourself. I think that's what I had to come to terms with was things weren't ever going to get back to normal because that normal was gone. And it took me a while to really accept that that normal is gone because he's gone. And so I have to figure out, I mean, I hate that phrase, the new normal, but that was what I had to figure out. How do I renew my life? How do I reinvent myself as this single human being moving forward in time now uh, with you know, memories of a great love, a man who cherished me, strengthening me, not pulling me back or hang, you know, he's not an anchor. His memory is not an anchor to me. 
uh, we still have ongoing conversations, which is why I tell people, if you ever think you're crazy, call me and I'll tell you you're not crazy. I think conversations continue long after death. Often many of mine are, what were you thinking, babe? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, you do have humorous moments along the way. And, you know, that's not a sin to start laughing about something that's funny. It's okay to be happy again, even though you're still grieving. And, but the world wants you to be happy immediately and put on this show and, and one of the things I've just said to people is don't stop talking about him. I mean, don't erase him. I still want to talk about him. I will still make references to him. Don't look embarrassed and uncomfortable when I do that. Just join in because you all had memories of him, too. And my family has been great about that. But there are still people that if I... We're talking about something, and I say, Yeah, and Galen used to do this. You can see everybody just looks down, like, Oh my God, there she goes again. I'll say, Oh, get over it. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, that's that, you know, you're still the grieving widow box. And it's, yes. it's, it's strange. It's very strange. Um, I haven't come up with a word that I'm comfortable with in describing my identity now. Um, the widow thing makes me angry and very uncomfortable. Um, so I've sort of settled on single like you, but it's also an uncomfortable word to me because it doesn't really account for the 19 years that Terry and I were together. So right. <clears throat> have you thought of well, another word? You know, I, for me, it's been the that was the best of some bad choices. Uh, and I was thinking particularly of these forms we all are confronted with. But single itself means you're defining, once again, women are being defined as in the relationship status. Um, I just want to say human, you know, let's let's have a box that says human. Um, because what I've lived through is a part of hum- humanity. I mean, life and death and love and loss and all of that uh, for I would say for most human beings is a normal human experience. Um, and certainly early on, there people would lose spouses more than once because people died earlier and people remarried and they died and they remarried. So I I just I don't know, single human, I we need to invent a new word. And I I don't know, I, I keep wanting coming back to the word renewal if there's something there or but I don't know I haven't somebody needs to invent that word because I just find it almost a physical blow when someone says that to me and and it's not that reaction is not going away that's what I find interesting it's been five years since Galen's death and even now if somebody well, just in passing, describe me while well, she's Galen Poole's widow. <laughs> I just want to say I was married to Galen. Yep, that's right. We were married. <laughs> but he does not define me now any more than he did when he was alive. It, it, I just find it. Um, it is so deeply buried and rooted in our history, I guess. Uh, it's going to take a lot of time to 
rooted out. And there may be women who find it a comforting word. I don't I don't know. I I quite frankly have not met any people who've told me they have found it a comforting word. Um, most of them have had the reaction you and I are talking about to some degree. Right. And I think maybe the, the whole religion thing is going to make it harder to root out. I mean, you were talking about there's 80 references in the Christian Bible. Um, and it's it's that focus on widows, I know, comes from that historical thing of where women sat in society. Um, but I think we're far from that. I hope. Oh, I'm sure there are women still who uh, when they the loss of a husband's income is devastating to their uh, state, their economic well-being. And I I don't doubt that because of the level of poverty that there that exists among divorced and widowed women. Uh, It I mean, divorced women's income, they can read statistics will drop. Same thing, I'm sure, is true of widows, that for the most part, women's economic status drops. Certainly for many women, their social status drops. Um, I have not had the experience of being excluded by married couples. I mean, the married couples we were friends with, I still am friends with. We see one another. Well, of course, the pandemic slowed all that down, but we still saw each other at Zoom things. And when we could see one another, we still do. Um, but I have heard from friends that they're lonely because they're the couples around them just wall them off. Like somehow, I don't know if they walk into the room again, it's going to be contagious. Um, is, is that loss going to Am I going to be touched by her loss um, or his loss? It seems that women are isolated much more than men are by couples. Just that's totally anecdotal. I have no stats or anything to back that up. But just observing what I've observed, this does seem to land harder on women. Yeah, I I agree. Um, When my father died when I was in high school, my mother talked about that a little bit. And she talked about how when she would come into the room, it seemed to her that the women would clutch their husbands tighter and none of them wanted to be around her because they thought she was going to try to steal their husbands. And she right. was a, she wasn't a young, young widow, but she was a fairly young widow, especially by today's standards. So. And in a small town, I could see how that might really be something more than in the city. Um, And once again, putting women in the position of being competitors for the male gaze, competitors for the attention of a male being the definition of how valued you are as a human being, as a female human being. And of course, that just (laughs) makes me crazy. Um, And I'm hoping that younger women are getting smarter about that. But sometimes I'm encouraged that they are. Sometimes I think, oh, wow, it's still going on. I think women, young women are getting better 
about realizing that friendships with other women can be the most important support group they have. That having a group of women that you trust and can go to and feel safe and vent and say all the things you might not want to say anywhere else and know that it will be safe and you will be heard. And then you get the strength to turn around and go back out and do it all over again. Um, I think women are getting smarter about valuing other women. At least I pray that we are. I know I couldn't make it (laughs) through a a week if I didn't have female friends holding me up and bolstering me and me doing the same for them. Right. Right. That is such a wonderful support. And I'm, I am happy that you are part of that support in my life. <laughs> I'm glad to be that. In your <laughs> so you were talking about that. You thought some women do feel comfortable with the word widow. And I, I know some do, and I respect that. Uh, for me, it just isn't a comfortable word. And I guess really, For me, it's that becoming a widow is about the loss of a spouse. And that's really what I don't like. Uh, The word for widow for me is just a stark reminder. And it's just about an unfinished life. And it's not your only story. Right. I, I think that that's what bothers me. It's as if they my whole life story is about to be contained in one word. And no. I'm not I'm not going to let that happen. Uh, I am I am multitudes. You know, Um, I am a human being. I'm a female. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. I'm a friend. I'm a gardener. I'm a reader. I'm a writer. I have produced videos. I mean, I do lots of things, uh, some things that I have felt are important, some things that are silly, some things that are just pure fun. But. They're not all encompassed in that word. <laughs> and in fact, I feel like that word um, is trying to truncate my being, and I don't want to let that happen. All right. Well, thank you so much, Katie. I appreciate you talking this through with me, and I hope that all of you out there have enjoyed this discussion. And if you would like to discuss more, please contact me. I am happy to to discuss and take a look at Katie's blog as well. Again, that is wildernessgarden.blogspot.com. And she has some really great stuff on there. And that wraps it up for the fourth episode of A Grief Journey. Thank you, Katie, for visiting with me today. And thank you all for listening. On our next episode, we'll answer the question, is this grief? Remember, grief is a process, so keep moving through it. This is Kay Colley. See you next time.